Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome everyone to RB1 Colon and Fantasy Football Podcast, part of Fate Team's podcast channel. I am your humble host, once conducted the now defunct Devin Funches hype train, rom-com aficionado, worshiper of Nikhil Harry and Damian Harris Truther, the old Mary guy, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by some of the guys. We have DK Metcalf's number one admirer, doubter of Juju Smith-Schuster, proponent for a line of Jon Snow hair product lines. You heard it here first, resident old man Clark Barnes. And El Sabatura, proud father of Quentin Nelson, WNBA hot take machine, don't be OJ Simpson, and wine connoisseur, the working girl, Jordan Smith. Guys, how are we doing? Well rested. Well rested from a, from a successful Labor Day, I hope. Uh, a nice long three-day weekend. It was definitely in the cards. Yeah. Doing great, Pete. <laughs> Clark, it's been so long since you've been able to join us on this podcast that I, it felt weird doing your whole intro. I was like, wow, I have not said this in a long time. And now I have, and it just warms my heart. It makes me feel so happy. Good. Glad to be back. Got the third job sorted out now. So now I have time for the second job. So now there you go. The job that doesn't pay, but you love it anyways. Oh, it pays. It pays to discover how you sound on mic. I don't know. Sponsored by Discover Card. Discover, come at us, please. Ooh, I like it. Uh, all right, we've got a lot to get to this episode. We've got some news that we're going to cover. Um, and then we're going to talk because the NFL season, you guys, starts on Thursday with Jordan's Packers losing to the Bears. We're going to talk some 2019 NFL bold predictions. I, Jordan, I thought you were going to come at me there. Dis- discussing how wrong I was and how that was my first bold prediction was that the Packers were going to lose the ho- the season opener. But I guess I guess you are of equal footing. You're thinking the same thing as I am. No, I'm I'm pretty relaxed when you when you realize that Mitch Trubisky is Chicago's quarterback. Chicago. So, yeah, he'll he'll throw one or two to the other team every time. You just got to capitalize off of it. Uh, all right, in NFL news. The Texans, Clark, traded for an entirely new team in, in the last week. They traded or sent away Jadavian Clowney to the Seahawks for a third-round pick for Archivius Mingo and Jacob Barton. Traded away, they traded for Laramie Tunsil, sent two first-round picks, a second-round pick, uh, Julene Davenport and uh, Johnson Batamusi to the Dolphins for Jer- Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, a fourth and a sixth. And then they also traded... For uh, Carlos Hyde. So, as our residence Texans fan, Clark, how are you feeling right now? Uh, the Texans are also paying $8 million or $7 million for Jadavian Clowney to not pay for them. So, if you thought that trade was bad initially, <laughs> it gets worse. Wait till you hear more. 
I don't know how to feel about these. I'll go. I'll go one at a time. Okay. Uh, Jadavian Clowney is a fantastic player. I, I watch all the Texans games. I watch them very closely. He doesn't have what I would call a really impressive stat line, but you can tell that he is schemed for on defense, and he makes the guys around him a lot better. Uh, he does make a few boneheaded plays every game, uh, but he also makes a few fantastic plays every game, and I think I'm. I'm willing to have that out of a disruptive, essentially defensive lineman because the, the, I mean, so I feel stupid saying this, but not stupid enough to not say it. The defense is just trying to get you off the field on third down. So if you have a false start and give up a first down, first downs happen all the time. But if you uh, go early and get the offense into a bad situation that forces a three and out, uh, that has a lot more value. So I think this does a lot for the Seahawks. The, Bill O'Brien really seemed to botch this one, and I will use that to transition into uh, the next trade that we had for getting Larry Tunsil for two first-round picks and a second-round <laughs> pick and uh, some things I think the Dolphins had to put into the trade uh, window a la Madden because there were too many things going over to them, <laughs> and so you just have to fill those slots. you got to balance it out somehow. Yeah, so – the only way that this turns out to be a good trade for the Texans is if Laramie Tunsil plays for 12 years for the Texans on a somewhat reasonable contract for all of those 12 years. I hope that that happens. Uh, the Texans offensive line has been so terrible for so long, but I think that uh, especially with presidential election season and uh politics getting really charged this is what can happen when you say somebody do something <laughs> uh, sometimes that something turns out to be really not great uh, <laughs> carlos hyde going to the texans i feel like this is good for duke johnson the running back room in houston was thin even with lamar miller i don't think hyde is any threat to duke johnson's uh, volume or his job but the Texans need other decent bodies and if uh, Carlos Hyde can come in and uh, take out a few blitzing linebackers and get a hundred touches this year that's fine uh, there aren't 500 touch backs in the league anymore so I think that's fine it's been a really emotional weekend I could not be on my phone when all of this was happening so I would go to the bathroom and check it and be blown away and then I would go back to work and then I would go eat lunch and just my whole world seemed to be falling apart <laughs> I'm glad at least that the Texans decided that hey you know what offensive line is important and went out and got I mean Laramie Tunsil is a good starting left tackle he is a franchise left tackle who is young who I think you're you, the big thing that you hit on the head there is it's like he knows that the Texans gave up a lot for him he knows that he's needed there so I think he's has all of the bargaining chips to get paid a lot because he's going to get paid in 2021 I think is when when his rookie deals up so it's going to be on the Texans to somehow keep him in Texas in Houston without paying a ridiculous amount because then you're paying a shit ton for a left tackle while also having already given up two first rounds and a second round for it. Basically, Bill O'Brien just solidified the fact that no GM is ever going to replace him in, in Houston <laughs> because no GM is going to want to go to this, to this situation. Yeah, I mean, the Texans have plenty of cap space. They're going to have to make Tunsil the highest paid tackle in the league. Like you said, this isn't an original thought, but, he, but he, like you said, he knows, right? And it's a good point that you bring up. Uh, they're going to have to lock him up super long term. So this is just 
you took 200 bucks to Vegas and you're putting it on 26. If that hits, you're great. Uh, if not, but boy, a lot of things have to go right. For that to happen. Yeah. I think um, noted Seahawks fan, Mina Kimes put it best on Twitter and trying to acquire Jadevian clown. And she tweeted an Avengers Endgame gif that was just captain America saying whatever it takes. And I think, that is what Bill O'Brien, um, noted podcast listener Bill O'Brien, must have heard us last week talking about uh, how the Andrew Luck factor should have had cascading effects to the Houston Texans. And I think if, first of all, I think they gave up a lot of draft capital for a couple of players, but I also think that the Laramie Tunsil thing, it was kind of like they did, they traded those draft picks away to get two players that were are very key to their success. That's a left tackle and to get their quarterback upright and get him back and healthy. Cause I think they were just like, you know what, we have to, we have to act now. This is something that we need to do. And um, Jadevian Clowney is a great player and he makes the defense better. Um, I'm not sure how much of a step is they're going to take back. Clowney is really good at um, applying pressure and he's a good run stopping defensive end. Uh, but J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless are still pretty good uh, guys at getting after the quarterback themselves. Yeah, they're, like, (laughs) fine. Um, But, yeah, I I think that they just – they had to do whatever it takes. I know they're still playing – paying Jadevian Clowney, but I'm trying to look at the bright side here. I think they also traded for uh, Deshaun Watson's life, basically. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully Watson's not getting sacked 62 times this year. Um, but it's interesting because before uh, before Clowney was sent to Seattle, he initially, evidently, initially the Texans had a conversation or basically had a plan in place to have him go to Miami. But he nixed that deal. He said, no, no, he wouldn't sign his franchise tender there. Uh, so I wonder if that was the deal. I wonder if the deal was Jadavian Clowney for Laramie Tunsil. And then the, that deal fell through because J- Jadavian Clowney was like, no, nah, hell no, I'm not going to Miami. Good for you because Miami's a dumpster fire right now. And then the Texans and Bill O'Brien was still like, shit, I need to get a left tackle. And we've already had these discussions with Blair, you know, with the Dolphins. I'll throw a first, two firsts in a second. They can't say no to that. And of course, the Dolphins owner was like, this is my chance to get rid of Kenny Stills, who's said negative things about me. So fuck you, Dolphins owner, whoever you are. It's like when you're playing Madden and you're trying to trade for like a really um, quickly developing player. And you're like, this trade has got to work. This has got to go. Ah, no, it's still not enough. I got to, I got to get that bar all the way to the dark green. I got to just keep on adding capital. And that's exactly what Houston did. Clark, have we cheered you up? Do we put you in a really good headspace? I, for the rest of the show? So I try not to overreact to things. It's going to be a long season. It feels like all of this is a tectonic shift because we've just had really still nothing for all of the time and effort that we put into writing all these articles and watching all these preseason games. Like, still nothing has happened. So if the Texans' offensive line really improved, the Texans have a ton of cap space and they can pay for Larry Tunsil. But, but but then you just I have to talk myself into it making stupid arguments like well you never know who your first round pick's gonna be so maybe they were gonna botch it so maybe then <laughs> this is okay and so maybe then really we just I just want to see them win the division again I mean it's it's being served up on a platter to them I Bill O'Brien man I don't know 
Somebody on Twitter, um, and I've said the same thing about the Raiders. I'll say the same thing about Miami. Even though Houston gave up those picks, those are good to have in the treasure chest. But at the same time, you have to be able to turn that draft capital into something. Like there's another step in the process that people aren't necessarily factoring in when they're trading first round draft picks. And uh, again, somebody brought up on Twitter that, uh, and I forget who this was, like, Sorry, I can't credit you, but you know who you are. Um, they mentioned, I remember a time a couple of years ago when the Browns had a ton of first-round picks, and that ended up turning into, like, Justin Gilbert, Johnny Manziel, and Cameron Irving or something like that. Like, a, a make sure there was, like, one other player in there. And it's just, like, it's it's not always going to be a win. It doesn't matter how many first-round picks you have. You still got to nail them. I mean, this is – go ahead, Clark. I think Bill O'Brien tried to be Bill Belichick, except Bill Belichick trades a third rounder for a guard and turns him into one of the league's best left tackles. And Bill O'Brien traded numbers that add up to four for a left tackle. <laughs> but this is this is shades of the Patriots of being like, we're going to screw draft capital. We're going to give it up for proven players. I mean, the Patriots did with Brandon Cooks. They did it for one year. One year, Brandon Cooks, they traded a first-round pick and then shipped him off. So, like, the, for another first-round pick. For another first-round right. pick, that's true. Maybe that's what they, they moved do. up in the draft to get Brandon. Like, the idea is good. It's like the you should surprise your you should surprise your wife with a gift, but <laughs> when you buy her a bowling ball that says Homer J Simpson on it, well, you missed. <laughs> oh, classic, a classic Clark reference. Um, moving on in the news, LaShawn McCoy, he got his ass cut from Buffalo and then immediately goes and rejoins uh, Andy Reid in Kansas City, which is exactly why I've been saying it all fucking offseason. You should not have drafted Damian Williams in the second round because guess what? The instant a running back was on the market that Andy Reid has a history with, he is right on the team and depressing value everywhere. Yeah, that looks like it's going to be, I think Andy Reid said today that he considers LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams as both starters, which is generally not good news, especially if uh, there are those of us who are also Darwin Thompson fans mm. who will definitely eat into the touches. Um, yeah, I, LaShawn McCoy, is, he's kind of forgotten. He's been toiling away in Buffalo for a couple of years now. Uh, I believe he's only one year removed from a thousand yard season though. Yeah, but do you and, know what um, happened last year? <laughs> that oh, one year that he was really removed, bad. he was garbage oh yeah he was really bad but i can't blame him that much because it was buffalo and maybe he just wanted to get out of there he's still only like 30 31 years old Andy Reid can milk something out of him especially when uh he's standing behind pat mahomes at the line of scrimmage yeah i don't think this changes too much for Darwin Thompson, I I logged onto my Yahoo League to roster bait for a little while, and I saw a little <laughs> notification from Yahoo, like there's some note, and I click on it, and it said seventeen thousand people have dropped Darwin Thompson. Uh, guys, go go pick up Darwin Thompson. He was not going to be the week two starter and then carry this team for the rest of the year. Darwin Thompson's play is three or four weeks of mediocre play, missed blocks. Uh, a sprained ankle and then darwin thompson's gonna get his time to shine if you drafted him in a super short bench lead you probably shouldn't have but it's gonna be hard to hold on to but hold on to him his yeah. the darwin thompson con is the long con just be patient and i think that 
this pick is still going to week 10 Darwin. We're going to be talking about how right we are with Darwin Thompson. And if not, we'll just have to edit this from the podcast. I just want to quote, found this on Twitter. Addison Hayes uh, tweeted out, LaShawn McCoy had eight games out of 14 in 2018 where he recorded less than 30 rushing yards. In two games, he had two carries for one yard. In two games, he had that. So it's not as if, like, LaShawn McCoy is coming into this Kansas City Chiefs coming off, offense coming off of a 1,000-yard season, season looking like what he did back in Philly. Now, I don't doubt that a- Andy Reid can milk a little bit out of him, but it's not – I think – LeSean McCoy has a four-week shelf life in Kansas City before he does something stupid or fumbles too much or is old and unproductive. And Derwin Thompson then takes that role and runs with it. I think the biggest point, though, that that proves everything that anyone who has doubted Damian Williams said all offseason is the fact that the Chiefs were not content with Damian Williams as a number one running back and were happy and were looking to get their hands on any running back who happened to appear uh, on the on the free agent out in free agency. So uh, you're welcome, everyone. Who listened? Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I I think they've been telling us without telling us. They haven't necessarily been like over the moon about Damian Williams being the guy um, they've been given Carlos Hyde a bunch of chances. They've been giving Darwin Thompson a lot of first team work. Uh, I just don't think they were very amped to be like, Hey, we're going into the season with Damian Thompson. Like, yes, he, or Damian Williams, I should say. Uh, yeah. He did the two. Flash. They, they really just should do that. Um, yeah, he did flash towards the end of the season, but sometimes that can just be a, a blip when somebody comes in and teams just aren't prepared for that person to be the guy or they're underestimating that person. And that could have been the case here. Maybe there's something we don't know about the running back situation. Yeah. All right. We spent plenty of time at Dar- Damian Williams before, so we'll move on. Third point in the news. Um, Guys, I kind of just want to stew here and listen to sad music. Um, Nikhil Harry is on IR. I feel like my opening titles are curse because first the Devin Funches hype train crashes and burns. And now Nikhil Harry is on IR to start the season. He is on IR to return, so he could be back by week eight and then put together the greatest, you know, second half of the NFL season we've ever seen out of a wide receiver, but... This hurts. This one hurts. I took this hard. Um, I really was looking forward to seeing what he could do this year. And uh, and now I'm going to have to wait an extra eight weeks. So I hope you return healthy, Nikhil. I hope you return healthy. Uh, and I hope you return ready to set this league on fire. Man, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that for you. I know you're a big uh, Nikhil Harry guy. Thank you. But selfishly, I did draft Jacoby Myers in a rookie draft and a free agent draft in two dynasty leagues so you're a dick bird man hand rub (laughs) yeah sorry Pete thanks thank you guys I'm all out of sympathy right now I'm too sorry (laughs) I'm too sorry for myself to to share Uh, it does mean though that they brought back Demarius Thomas who still has fantasy value because now this wide receiver core is Julian Edelman Josh Gordon and Demarius Thomas. So there you go. They brought, man, poor Demarius Thomas. He's probably been on planes all weekend. Well, it sounded like it's not like he was released with this knowledge that they wanted to bring him back and that they'd been discussing for a while about 
bringing him back and the move needed to be made to put Harry on on IR. So hopefully, just like we talked about when LaShawn McCoy was going to get replaced in week four with Derwin Thompson, uh, Demarius Thomas will put together eight solid seasons, eight solid seasons, eight solid weeks for the Patriots and then be replaced by Nikhil Harry, who will come and carry the mantle all the way to uh, Rookie of the Year honors. Only in eight weeks, you guys. I truly have mild expectations for him. Remember, like, six weeks ago, we were wondering who the Patriots were going to have catching footballs. And that, that was a fun time. That was GG. <laughs> uh, finally in the news, Josh Doxson signed with the Minnesota Vikings to basically fix the 2016 draft where he was taking the pick ahead of them, so they took Laquan Treadwell. So now all that needs to happen is Laquan Treadwell, who was released, has to sign with the Washington racial slurs. And uh, we have a perfect like uh, flip flop and see exactly what's what should have happened in the 2016 draft. Josh Doxson is one of those I need to quit you kind of guys. So Amen. This does not impact me in any way because I've officially cut ties. Even though Josh Doxson played with Kirk Cousins in Washington, they have chemistry, Jordan. This could be the season that Josh Doxson finally gets it together. No, I see him batting his eyelashes at me, and I'm not turning. I'm not looking his way. Yeah, the only change for me here is now that I can say which team Josh Doxson plays for. Uh, (laughs) Oh Man, those Texans really did a number on you, Clark. It's been rough. It's been rough. (laughs) Um, All right, before we go any further, we're going to take a quick ad break, but don't go anywhere. Because when we come back, Clark is going to tell us which NFL player he'd most like to have a beer with. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, so we are back in Clark. Which NFL player would you most like to have a beer with? Boy, that's tough, Pete. You got to give me a... Got to give me a heads up on this. I think oh, uh, you on the spot. An honest, get a whole commercial break to think of it. Yeah, I, 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 I know. Mean, I'm sorry. Did I hear all of those ads that we just listened to for great podcasts that you could listen to. Uh, I've, I'm going to go with a homer pick and a Texan. I'm just going to say John Dre Hopkins. He really endeared himself to me on Hard Knocks as being a, you know, very much not what you would expect from a meathead jock, which is probably an indication that I need to not paint with such broad brushstrokes in my brain, but he seems like quite a unique individual. I think that'd be fun. I agree. He seems like a cool guy, especially since I feel like uh, NFL players who do commercials, like I feel like that is indicative of a player who's like, yeah, sure. I'll do this thing. Like I'll hang out with my fans. I'll hang out with someone who like wants to have a conversation with me. I don't know. You know, I have nothing to back this up on, but I just feel like it's a sense I have. We could do like a buddy cop movie because we're so different. You know, like how he has dreadlocks and I'm bald. 
Yeah. Well, he also, he does have the, the sides entirely shaved too. So you guys could bond over that. He just grows oh. the hair out of the top of his head. I could just grow it around the side. And there do you the go. And now you guys yeah. have one complete hairdo together. Yeah. Wow. These are all the things that you guys. I'm can writing that down here. I'm going to have a 40 page treatise on this uh, <laughs> by the end of the week. <laughs> well, clearly DeAndre Hopkins, if you want to have a full head of hair, grab a beer with Clark Barnes, then you guys are golden. Uh, all right, so we're going to get into our bold NFL predictions. Uh, minor, some minor fantasy footballs. I don't know what you guys have, but these are bold football predictions for 2019. Uh, we've rubbed clean our crystal balls, so we have the clearest vision of what this season is going to look like, how this season will play out, and these are 100% accurate predictions uh, for how 2019 will go. So, Jordan, we'll start with you. What is your first bold prediction for the year? Um, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, um, talking about the Cleveland Browns, but um, I went with just a full NFL prediction because I feel like people who have listened to this podcast regularly know how I have been feeling about certain players, whether that's Lamar Jackson, Leonard Fournette, um, or just players of that ilk. I think that the Baltimore Ravens win the um, AFC North. I don't think the Brown, I think when there's so much hype around one team, I tend to just kind of lean the other way. And I, I start to be like, oh, well, maybe it's just a little bit too much hype. I don't think they're going to get 12, 13 wins and three through the AFC all the way to the AFC championship to play the Pats or the Chiefs or something like that. I think that the Ravens just, they cut their legs out from under them. Browns. Uh, I would take nine wins on them if their over-under is eight, but uh, I think Baltimore has the chance to win 12 games and take that division. Yeah, that division's tough. I think Baltimore surprisingly has the most stability, and uh, we all need this to happen so that our Lamar Jackson love looks like we're just really smart instead of living in an echo chamber with one another. It's true. This is true. Lamar Jackson. I mean, he did say that he's going to throw 30 times a game, which whoo, did that get me in all kinds of the swoons? Um, yeah, I would be totally down for a Lamar Jackson led Ravens offense to uh, suddenly take the world by storm. And everyone's like, wait, wait, Lamar Jackson's good. And then, you know what we say? We say, hey, should have been listening to the RB1 podcast where we've been preaching that shit since he was drafted. Yeah, um, I, I think they're going to sneak up on some people. And a note on the stability thing, too, with the uh, Cleveland Browns, it's because of practice hours and things that have slowed teams down early in seasons um, and just the way the CBA is shaped, that sort of thing. Teams have gotten off to slower starts than they would like. I think uh, the Browns are a prime candidate for a team that has come in with a lot of expectations, but just comes into a slow start because they're integrating a ton of new players um freddie kitchens has been there but he's a first-time head coach so a lot of things could veer them to start their september as a two and two squad yeah uh clark what's your bold one of your bold predictions for the 2019 season so i i kept it pretty tame we're gonna go with a real football prediction that the Seattle Seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl against the Pats in a revenge game this year. Whoa. So I, I think that the offensive line in Seattle has stabilized. I think that Seattle for several years has shown us that they can ride Russell Wilson and uh, middle of the road receiving talent very, very far. I think that they're going to be able to run. And 
one, I thought it would be a fun prediction. And yeah. two, I think that Jadavian Clowney and Ziggy Ansah playing together have an opportunity to really bring some pass rush and give Pete Carroll enough scheming leverage to work with the young secondary that's lost a lot of people and still look really good. The Seahawks are playing in a pretty weak division, and I just feel like, uh, you know, that would just be fun. They are that team that like perpetually everyone when they start kind of like middling for the first like whatever six seven weeks of the season everyone's like oh the Seahawks finally done Seahawks this is they can't recover from this and then they you know put together a bunch of wins and make it into the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs so it's not out of the question that with a better team this year than they had last year they could take that step to not only just be in the playoffs but to actually make noise get to the Super Bowl. And maybe, I mean, maybe beat the Patriots. You know, this is still the Super Bowl winning champion, New England Patriots. So Monday, September 2nd, 2019, 7.32 Eastern time. If it's a Pat Seahawks Super Bowl, I will <laughs> lose my goddamn mind come February. That's going to be so – I will be more excited for prop bets and the halftime show than I've ever been excited for something before. <laughs> I might be almost entirely out on Super Bowls after last year's <laughs> game. If that's the case, then uh, we have to revisit this moment in time and we can mark uh, when was my descent into madness. <laughs> so so one of the best potential Super Bowl props since you brought it up is how many times do we cut to Jay-Z and Roger Goodell having a great time together because we prop bought back. a lot of unity and we're going to use it. Oh, that's Hey, a they're one. making t-shirts. That's how you save the world. Making okay, t-shirts. they've got this. They're taking a, a page out of Hillary Clinton's playbook there. Uh, and that'll be the only politics we have on the podcast. <laughs> uh, all right. So my first bold prediction as I look into my crystal ball at uh, Cooper Cup, I think is going to be at least a top three receiver in touchdowns. He will be at least top three in receiving touchdowns this year uh, in the NFL. Again, I've mapped this out many times across many different platforms, but he has proven to be the Rams number go-to guy in the red zone. I think a full seat, he's going to be fully healthy. Nothing seems to be hindering his recovery from his ACL, and he is just going to eat. I love Cup this year. That's a very bold prediction, and that's the topic of the show, so, so job done, Pete. So check mark for Pete. Thank you very much. I think I would sell on that just because I don't – not that I don't think Cooper Cup's going to have a good season. I just don't think he's going to – garner the kind of volume that he would need to be um you know in the upper echelon why not he all he needs to do is just catch 12 balls all of them have to be touchdowns and then he's top three receiver and <laughs> touchdowns there you go easy how hard is that come That's on cooper cup pure simple pure and simple just only target him in the red zone and only make sure that they're completed touchdowns and then brandon cooks and robert woods can eat all they want all i'm asking for is 12 receptions to go cooper cup's way and they all have to be touchdowns come on sean you i know sean McVay. you listen let's uh let's make this happen everybody's expecting cooper cup to get the ball at other times throughout the game but no it's just going to come no, no, between no, no, no. The 20 and the goal line sean McVay playing jokes on you jordan what's your uh, second bold prediction uh, so my second bold prediction goes over to the NFC and I was doing some random uh, depth chart checks. Last As one week. does. 
well, yeah, you know what? I want to see how the roster battles were going, see uh, what kind of rookies were uh, lined up, you know, in the, the third spot or possibly up to the second spot. And I came across the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. And I started Did you doing immediately just start projectile vomiting everywhere. Just oh! I was doing the unthinkable. I was talking myself into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, um, I think they could be a sneaky wild card team. No, by the end Jordan, no. I really do. I don't think their roster is all that bad. I don't think the Saints are going to be as good this year. <laughs> and I just don't think the NFC as a whole is going to turn out a whole lot of winners. I think there's the uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys, the Rams, of course. Uh, my Green Bay Packers will always be in it. Clearly uh, the Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl, so... The Chicago Bears will be lucky if they get 10 wins. Um, I just, I literally think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could sneak up on some people. If Bruce Arians puts together um, a a solid offense and makes Jameis rebound for one last, give me that contract season, I I think they could possibly be a wild card team. I know it's a stretch, but this is a bold, bold prediction. And I want to be the first one to say that if this happens, then <laughs> then you are. Then I, won't, then I won't actually give up on football if it's the Seahawks. I'll just be happy that I guess that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be moderately oh relevant. So I don't want to speak for you, Pete, but Jordan is definitely going to have the boldest prediction on the episode tonight. Yeah, and I just want to chastise you just a little bit. Uh, Really inappropriate for you to say that uh, Jameis Winston is going to be sneaking up on someone. He's already had a very checkered past. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh boy, um, yeah, not no, I... Jameis specifically. Jameis, just <laughs> announce wear a fucking bell so we can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> there the, we go. That's a good idea. There's the compromise. Jameis just needs to start walking around with a bell around his neck. Um, yeah, no, I thought I had I thought I was gonna have the bold prediction to take the cake, but Jordan thinking that the Bucks are a wildcard team is is bold. His crystal ball is really, really clearly finding something. If this is true, uh I'm going to be asking you a lot more questions, Jordan, about how the future is gonna play out. I just I think the problem has been their defense. It's been kind of a black hole. But when I was looking at the roster, if things break their way uh in terms of health, they their defense doesn't look all that bad. I think Devin White is going to be that like young rookie linebacker that we're talking about midway through the season. Like all the football hipsters are going to be talking about him and that he's like, oh, he's getting like 10 tackles a game. He needs to be in the defensive rookie of the year conversation. He's at the top of the list. Um, He could be literally defense changing for them. Yeah, you never know. And hey, the the Chiefs proved you can make it all the way to the AFC Championship without a defense. So as long as you score 40 points a game, you're fine. So just like sell all your Ravens and Buccaneers stock. That's what I'm trying to (laughs) say. That's the real prediction here. Clark, what's your uh, other bold prediction for the season? So we're going to keep it in the Homer bent tonight for me. Duke Johnson finishes inside the top five PPR running backs this year. Wow! That's bolder than mine. Come on. That is pretty damn bold. 
That's a, that's expecting a heavy workload. I like how you were talking earlier when Carlos Hyde, we were talking about Carlos Hyde, and you're like, you know, there's no 500 touch right, running backs these days, but Duke Johnson's about to be a 450 guy. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil it. I was going to save it for game day. <laughs> so, uh, Texans offense has an opportunity to be really explosive this year, even though I think their defense is fine. Their secondary is not great. Their division is terrible. They're going to have a hard road to hoe. Last year, they had one of the easiest schedules in the league and predicting schedule at the beginning of the year, I know can be tricky, but I think it's going to be tough for them. I think Deshaun Watson is going to have to play lights out. And I think that he's proven the worse the situation gets, the better he gets. I think Duke Johnson is an extremely talented player. I've thought that he was languishing in Cleveland and I was always confused why he wasn't playing until last year when they had Nick Chubb, who is like an edge better than him. So Duke Johnson is going to get a lot of the opportunity and uh, longtime listeners to the show. Sorry. You know that I feel like I have the power to speak things into existence. And so that's what I'm doing tonight. You're damn right you do, and you are doing it well. Uh, Clark, I do want to tell you, man, you're talking about how Deshaun Watson steps his game up, plays his best football when the chips are down. Now he's got a left tackle. Now maybe he's got a healthy Will Fuller for a full season. He's got Duke Johnson in the backfield. He's got Carlos Hyde running into the ball. He's always got DeAndre Hopkins there. This is the win all year for the Houston Texans. And my final bold prediction for the season ties into that. Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton will each score 50 total touchdowns this season. Boom! touchdowns. I love it. He's going to throw like 12 to Duke Johnson. I mean, he's going to throw 12 of them to Duke, just like the 12 that Jared Goff is going to throw. Duke and Cooper Cup are going to be tied for that number one spot in most receiving touchdowns. Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson's going to put up like 40 to 45 touchdowns, run for another five. Cam Newton's going to have a 10 plus rushing touchdown year with, with, 38 to 40 passing touchdowns. I am in love with both of these offenses. Now that Deshaun Watson, I'm in love with Deshaun Watson and everything that he can do. Now that he's got a left tackle, I just think the sky's the limit for him. And we've been spending all offseason talking about this Panthers offense. I think this Panthers offense has a chance to be one of the best in the NFL this season with the amount of weapons they have, with an actually smart offensive game plan, uh, with weapons that fit Cam Newton's skill set, and just a healthy Cam with now a new throwing motion that's tightening everything up i am so sold on both of these guys yeah i mean you've probably already drafted and if you drafted cam newton i want to pat you on the back because i do think that he was criminally undervalued because there was concern with his injury and i think also we every draft season look at the end of year counting stats and forget that that is not a good indication of how good a player is cam missed a couple of games and played hurt through a ton of games He's still fantastic. This hasn't been an Andrew Luck situation where they're babying him through the offseason. He's been throwing. He's been playing. He may not run as much as he has, but like you mentioned, they've finally built an offense around him. And last year, I think he showed a willingness to let other people get the crap beaten out of them, which is what a good quarterback should do, unfortunately. They're a manager. They need to be in the game. They don't need to do everything themselves. It could be a huge year for Cam Newton and Deshaun. That's kind of that's kind of like the natural progression of the NFL too, right? Just like 50 touchdowns from multiple quarterbacks is not out of the ordinary and it's going to end up being the new norm. Like, especially with guys early on who are not just doing it with their arms, but can do it with their legs. I don't think it's 
entirely out of reach for them. Yeah. Only three quarterbacks have ever scored f- thrown for 50 touchdowns. Breeze, I'm not Breeze, Manning, Brady, and Mahomes last year. And I think Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton, while won't throw for 50 touchdowns, are going to have at least 50 total touchdowns because of what they could do on the ground. Oh, there's a bold prediction for you. These, these, uh, these crystal balls, these future well, balls we got in front of us are really painting a, a good picture for the for how this NFL season is going to play out. Be so I, I don't know if I if I bet a lot on the accuracy of our predictions, but we absolutely did not bring some soft predictions to Hell the bold no. predictions. This segment. shit bold. Uh, do you guys have any other bold predictions you want to get on record before we wrap this show up? No, I was cramming to get those two in. <laughs> Yeah, no, I already went as far afield as possible. Yeah, so you, know, you guys both. We, I, just, I mean, Clark said I'm ready it. for football. He said the yeah. Bucks were making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I still feel like <laughs> Jordan. Wow, but much respect. <laughs> it could be a wild card team. Go look at the NFC teams, and then tell me you are 100 percent confident about six of those teams. All right. I give you well, four that you might be confident in. You the you the way. listeners, you the listeners can do this at home and then tweet at Jordan and tell him whether or not you're believing this this crazy uh prediction of his or not. But anyways, like I we like said, it. It's it's bold predictions. It's not like I think the Eagles are gonna win the division. I mean, this this is a good thing. Yeah, I, I like it. Bold. That's the whole point of this. Um but we don't need to get bold much longer because NFL is finally here. Football starts on Thursday, which means you guys, woo, Thursday show, our very first starts and sits episode. So make sure you tune back in to hear who we are going to be starting and who we are going to be sitting in week one of fantasy action to get your lineups all ready to play and to win. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts under the Fake Teens Podcast channel. That way you don't miss a single second of the show throughout the entire fantasy season. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark and Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. We will be back at you guys next week. Actual football is here. Oh, until then. Peace.